blokes. This is Sir William Tom of Redneck Country Podcast. I here sit with my Queen's tea in my hand, my faithful hunting chihuahua taco at my side, and we are coming at you. Hey folks, welcome to the Redneck Country Podcast. You are on with Real Redneck Todd, and of course, as always, we got the almost guy, Real Redneck Bill. Bill, you there? Happy podcast night, everybody. Like I say, it's always a good night for a podcast. It's always a good night for a podcast and an echo. That's it. Yeah. Um, And what we didn't have last week that is back, ladies and gentlemen, sitting beside me to drive me absolutely insane and annoy the crap out of me, the patriarch of redneck country, real redneck Domillard dad. Are you there? I am. I was trap shooting tonight. I got home, changed quick, and I walked over as quick as I could. I skipped supper, so I'm going to have a late one tonight. And I'm <laughs> I like here, that. And every night's good for a podcast. A 70-something-year-old man wants to get here quick. So what's he do? He walks. Walked. <laughs> <laughs> I walked quickly. I had, to, I had to hustle and shower and get ready and fly over there, so... I walked. <laughs> I walked. Yeah, that's good. And he's he's uh, podcasting hangry. So look out. This could be a good night for uh, for Don's questions and answers. Has it ate yet? Yeah. It's a, if you start to hear this on the microphone, <laughs> it's just, just his, his dummy. Oh, so, yeah. grief! It's a beautiful time of the year uh, for all it's of us. It's getting colder, uh, deer hunter. It's yeah. getting colder. Yeah, and I can tell you for sure, my mind is certainly not where it should be for most days, which is at work. Because next it's week, at, yeah, we all next week, have next week off. Gonzo, we are done. I'm my brother is checked out officially right now. Uh, put the out of office reply notification on for ten days, and Friday morning he's uh, on the road heading north to the deer woods. Has he really? He's already checked out, eh? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm actually. If anybody works listening to this, uh, it's not overly true, but I'm checked out now. I'm just kind of there for what doing what I have to do, getting the last minute stuff for uh, for the week off, and and then you know all, all the the bags are packed, and you know I'm ready to go as the song goes. But <laughs> how, so. how 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 does the song go? No, I'm not. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, uh, all, all my bags are packed and I'm I'm ready to go. I think I think that's the only lines that I know of. If that you song bring talk. that up a little, I'm about to turn my chair, my man. <laughs> 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 this is the voice. All right, yeah, I'm the same. I'm trying to get everything done, caught up, and and really, the department situated and ready to rock so that I can kind of dissipate into the tree stand. I won't say disappear. I'm still going to be around to make sure if any assistance is needed on there, but I'm excited to get see, in the tree stand. See, and that's the biggest difference between what you guys do. We've talked about this a little bit in the past, but I leave. I'm gone uh, Saturday morning at 7 a.m. I got to pack for a week for food, for clothes, for everything. And you guys get to go home and your lovely wives prepare your lunch, your <laughs> breakfast, your dinners you get to sleep in your own bed i don't know what wife he's talking about dad is is mom (laughs) packing your lunch because if so i'm making a phone call like right now we have to stop the podcast mom if you're listening i will take whatever dad's having yeah that's not gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) she doesn't even wait supper for me i'll come in and you eat oh yeah i ate you're on your own (laughs) (laughs) mom just finished a grocery list she went out Hunting, hunting, shopping for the uh, 
the, the breakfast and lunch and stuff. So yeah, we don't, she doesn't make it, but she prepare or provides all the, the food from a grocery list. Cause she's retired now and has that kind of time. That's awesome. Who's yeah, going no, to hunt camp? Is she going to hunt camp? She'll, she'll come out for dinner. Uh, and we try, try to convince her to come out to sit in the tree stand or, or ground blind for, uh, an afternoon, but we'll see how it goes. Um, she's definitely going to come out and uh, enjoy a couple of meals with us and uh, enjoy the company. But it's it's the alliance. It's the four of us going the up. Alliance. The alliance. <laughs> the alliance. The alliance. Rip, rare, and ready to go. So, TJ, uh, Jay, my dad, and I will be the, the alliance this year. So, what's nice about coming home though is is climbing into that nice hot bathtub. Never mind a shower. Soaking that nice hot bathtub after you're froze out there all day. So <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. After you get the chills. Yeah. Yeah. It's I don't get chills. Can you tell? Well, yeah, I was going to say, so can you tell who is pretty much just sitting all day? And if we ever do many, many drives, who's not doing the mini drives? The one that's chilled. Because <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, if I'm going on a little mini walk, crap's coming off, man. Like, holy crap. I, I'm coming home to get in a cold shower. Nope. I still out. haven't figured how you're able to sit long enough to shoot a deer. Oh. I, I'm really not. Don, Don I, I can understand that. Your patience level is there. But Todd, I just don't understand how you're able to sit long enough in Facebook? one spot without moving. <laughs> yeah. Facebook, well, Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> actually he he doesn't do bad like you know he he gets antsy but he doesn't do bad he he stays busy on his phone i know that for sure well let me tell you so if anybody out there is listening that has not has thought the same thing like holy crap deer hunting is boring it's because of all of the stories that are going through my head that nonstop at any given point, I was just saying this to my manager today and we were talking about my holidays next week. And I just see, I said, look, I'm on my phone. So if there's an issue, you guys need some questions answered or whatever, don't hesitate to message me and I'll respond when I can, but I'm sitting there. I bet you hours and hours with nothing because deer hunting is that 30 seconds. So, and I said, so while you're just sitting there, but what really keeps me, in the game, if that's what you will use, is the constant stories that I've heard where I sat there and I sat there and then out of nowhere, that a big buck just showed up to my left and he started walking out. So that, if that isn't going through your head when you're sitting in the trees, if you're not visioning, as you're sitting in that tree stand, a deer walking out from here or out from there or over from here, and then that doesn't make your head keep going from one spot to the next spot to the next spot, from one spot to the next spot to the next spot, looking and anticipating for those four hours, that'll keep a mind occupied. But then you ain't a hunter. That's or you haven't heard enough stories that because it's, heard, yeah. yeah, like, oh my gosh, there's so many where I just got in the stand and I sat down and, and I rattled and one came running in or I sat there for three hours and I could hear him walking nothing. And then I looked forward and oh my gosh, there's one right there. And like that stuff. So whenever I'm moving my head, I'm expecting a deer there. Yeah. Like I see the silhouette and I actually have to go, nope, there's nothing there. <laughs> and that's the truth. Yeah, this- that's, that's the truth because- I can remember years and years and ago, I would have to pick yeah, my You can add that work. other years, trust me. Years and years and years and years <laughs> and years. And years. I used to pick up my wife from work and I and she'd come out and I'd say, oh my gosh, you know, you're 15 minutes late getting out of work because I was used to, okay, buzzer, time to go, you're done. And you had to walk but she, to the car. And she'd say, 
15 minutes? Really? You can sit for eight, nine hours in a tree stand doing nothing, not even a book, and you're complaining about 15 minutes? And I thought, you know what? She's got a point. She's got a point. So I shut up. I quit complaining. But, you know, you can. And and what Todd said is absolutely true. Last year, two years ago, two years ago, I'm sitting in this tree now that was three trees, now grown together, so you can't look between them. You got to lean out and look around them to the left if you want to see behind you. And I leaned out, looked out around behind me, didn't see anything, and then sat, instead of turning my head to the right slowly and then coming back Which I preached to him. I just automatically sat back in my seat, and I got two deer standing right in front of me in the field looking up at me. They had come up out of the ravine and walked right to me while I was scouting behind me. You're looking behind me, and there they were staring right at me. So it happens. Yeah. It happens. And I'm, Did you learn your lesson? Yeah, 73 oh yeah, sure. years no, no, no. now? Fact, I've been practicing. <laughs> After 72 years, I learned not to snap my head around. I've been practicing. When I lean out, I'm sitting in the same I can, I can vouch for that. He has been practicing at moving slower and slower <laughs> and slower. I've I done the same, that. though. I, done I get that, today. too. Yeah, lean out and then. Do not just very slowly I, come back straight. I sum the whole question uh, or the whole the whole story up to when you're getting ready to leave from fishing. One more cast, one more cast. That's, yeah, because what's going through your head? The fish is going to hit it this time. Okay, one more, yeah, one more, and then, I'll, and then I'll, I'll go. I'll go. It's, it's no different, one. right? It's no different than buck hunting, deer like deer hunting, turkey hunting. It's no different than anything at any point in time. Something's going to happen, and that's hunting fishing yeah. in to a T. It's it's four hours for for thirty seconds that make the best thirty second memories. And that's what he's like. So and really, that's it. you want to sit in that tree that long? Just like you could sit at home on your phone. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't get because it's like a drug when that deer does show up. And so for somebody that's not sat in that tree stand, and me, not for not four hours. I went four years before I got to shoot a deer when I first started hunting. So then all of a sudden, before I even, I used to say to you, didn't I, Dad? Why can't somebody just put a deer in front of me? There is guys missing them at 20, 30 yards. Oh, I missed another. And I'm like, just put one in front of me. I won't miss it. And four years, I never had even a deer in front of me. I was so frustrated. And then when one finally does, I don't, I've, I've never done drugs. I don't believe there's a drug on the planet that can match that. That feeling yeah. is when a deer shows up and is there and you can shoot it. You're going to shoot it. And like that is just the endorphins that are released. You're ready to rock. And, yeah. and that's right. The largest deer I ever shot in my life, a solid nine. Don't know the inches. A solid nine. <laughs> I'm sitting in the tree stand and I've, I've, we've had lunch. I walk back to my tree stand. I climb up. I get all set in there. And Bob and Todd and Scott are going down the bottom. They got two deer down there. They're going to go down there and... and and gut them and and drag them out before they go to their stands. So I said, well, I'm going to go get in mine while you guys are doing that. So I go down, and I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, yep, they're down the bottom, probably about about 800,000 yards away from me down below, and I'm just sitting here already waiting for the whole afternoon. And I lean out and look around behind me, and I scout the fields and the edges, and I don't see anything, and I lean back. And literally about one minute later, this great big buck comes from running behind me and jumps the fence that I'm the fence row. I'm sitting in a tree in the fence row, and he jumps the fence right to my left. That same big I, three three tree pea thing. Yeah, the Maggie. same. Yeah. And I see him land in the field, and he's running full tilt, and I'm thinking, I got to stop him. 
and I'm just getting ready to to do that blah or whatever. <laughs> That's is that what you do? I nah. do anything. I just I <laughs> yell. I yell. <laughs> in fact, sometimes they haven't heard me, and I and I've yelled just at the top of my voice, and they stop them. But I'm thinking I've just got to get ready to stop them, and then Bob, my buddy, come over the radio telling me they were done gutting the deer, and he'd come over the radio. And that buck heard the radio and stopped dead and wondered what he had heard. I went, oh, perfect. Thanks, Bob. Up with that gun. Bam. And he's now on my wall. <laughs> but, it, you know, a split That's second awesome. and, and it's all over, you know, like, so I answered Bob. That's it. Yeah. It, it, you never know. You never know. And that's, that's the whole thing about if you're not paying attention, how many deer would walk past you that you would never hear? Oh, because yeah. there, there's more opportunity than not, oh. you know, especially at the hunt camp too, because you're rifle hunting and the shots are typically further. If you're not paying attention, that deer, I remember my dad telling me a story one time, like uh, it was getting close to the last light and he was sitting in a, <laughs> standing in his, his blind and he was, he built himself a, a ground blind, but it was inside of a pine tree. So he cut the, the brows around him. So he basically had two or three, shooting lanes only like right out in front of them to, to maybe not quite the 90 degrees on both ways anyways he stood there like a statue for four hours and he was getting ready uh you know but the, almost the perfect time of night everything was going well and and all of a sudden his nose started to run no. so he reached down and grabs his Kleenex. And this is after standing in the same spot. For that you know, long. Maybe for that long. Uh. And he reached down and he grabbed his Kleenex. And as he blew his, or didn't blow, just rubbed his nose, that buck ran past him. And it was only a tenth or, you know, a split second. He wasn't paying attention. Gone. And that buck ran past and he never even got a shot. He was like, are you kidding me? I stand here for all this time, which is a perfect, well, I had everything. The, the buck was out. smart. He waited. He's like, oh, his nose is about to start running. Okay, go, 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 go. His nose started running and that deer ran right past him. And all he's got now is the memory of that deer running and no shot. So, but... Oh. You know, if you're not paying attention, I've had it more. Yeah, more you guys rifle rifle ways, right? Like, so us black powder, we're pretty much there. We don't take a shot much. I mean, 80 yards. I'll take a shot further. I'm sighted in for 100 yards on the and, yeah. and just did it on the nose. Like I'm inside the tent at, at 100. So I got no problem. But where I'm hunting, I don't the deer aren't. I, I'm at a pinch point. I mean, my shots are normally at the most 60 yards. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's, so that's you all hear ours them. Too, to be honest with yeah, you. you're going to hear them snapping branches coming through is my theory. Now, I say that. Yeah. And recently, if you go on Redneck Country and watch all the, the videos, the live videos, I was in the tree stand the other night there and I had six deer. And I'll tell you what, they were within 30 yards before I heard them. Yeah, well, that's, I seen that, one at 100 and that one at 100 was the last one in because then I realized right behind me there was five more. Yeah. Right, so yeah, they can be quiet when when they come through a, a pine block. It, it's not like a squirrel all the time when they're coming. No, <laughs> no, 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 they're just if they're, if they're walking and, up on yep. you. Yep. I had uh, I've had many many deer in my life walk up, and I take my binoculars and I do the uh, left to right, right to left scan, and I in and out, and I look right, and there's nothing, and then I go all the way to the left, and by the time I get to the left, I pick my eyes up and I look to the right, and sure enough, more often than not. I've, I've seen deer just appear 
out of nowhere. I didn't hear them, didn't see them before. So yeah, you, you got to be attentive. And if you're on your phone or if you're reading books or if you're sleeping, you know, you're going to be uh, missing out a lot of opportunities. So <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, get, I so. hear you. I hear you. So we're ready for this week. I'm all sighted in black powder sighted in. We went out and got her done. I'm all pumped. I'm ready to go. And so no issues uh, putting it where it needs to go. No, no, there was a little bit, but we got her dialed in. It took a, it took a little bit of work. I'm not gonna lie. I also got a new bow sight, so I sighted that bad boy in as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm six of one, half dozen of the other on getting them both done. But I did. I got them both in. So it, I mean, it was, it was a night each. I would say a night to sight my, my new sight, my new bow sight in, and a night to get? sight my. Tell me, you know, tell me what your new bow sight real quick. Bow sight. So it was on sale. 50% off. So I currently, before this, I had an IQ site, bow site, five pin, four pin, actually, I think is all I had. Four pin IQ bow site with the retina lock. So it's got the green uh, dot at the top. It's got a level bevel at the bottom, and it's got a green dot with a black center. And so the theory is when you put this up, you're not going to torque the bow because you take that black center of the green it's like a level kind of thing but there's a, a fixed black dot on the lens of it and you got to line it up dead center of that green circle every time then you know you're not torquing the bow and so I, I find it it really did help with torquing the bow making my arrows driving straight into the block and whatever and and i used it forever i loved it and so it just just that little bit more accuracy maybe 10 percent more accuracy but i like it so I wanted, I have an old rangefinder that does not have arc. It's a Bushnell. I do like it. It works great. Doesn't have arc. I often thought, you know, sometimes when I'm in this climber, I'm up 20, almost 30 feet in some places if I got to get up over leaves and branches and stuff like that. So I thought, okay, I want one with arc, but I don't want to spend the money because this one just does what I need it to do. It's not like I've, I've missed deer or anything like that with, with my bow. And I've been able to range find them and go, yeah, 40 yards, good enough. And, and nowadays bows are so fast that, if you're off by a few yards, it isn't going to be the end of the world. I mean, that arrow's yeah. not got a whole lot of arc to it anymore, right? No. My so, trick, my trick for that, I don't have a range fighter that has arc in it either, but I, I range level. Yeah. Meaning that hit if, the tree if I, directly if, across from you at the same height exactly, that you're at. You got her. And then uh, plus or minus two yards. You know, if I'm if I'm plus or minus two yards off on my range based on the the uh, trigonometry of the situation the we do on the fly right <laughs> 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 we uh it's okay i mean like i'm shooting at my crossbow and even my compound when i'm shooting that it's fast enough that it'll compensate for those absolutely difference absolutely and i and like nowadays it's hard to get a bow under 300 feet per second and 300 feet per second well, yeah. that arrow like it's moving and so yeah i don't have an issue but I wanted, I thought it's the coolest thing since the Vendetta came out. The Vendetta was this thing that you mounted on, on your bow alongside your sight with a push button that was a range finder on your bow. And I thought that thing's cool, but it's separate. It's weird. It's huge. It's clunky. It's addition to your, to your sight and everything else. And, but, and it was expensive as crap. So forget it. Don't need it. And then they came out, Garmin came out with a thousand dollar, fully computerized digital GPS, everything like will tell you where you've been. I don't even know what all it does, but it, it's a, it, it's a range finder and a site all in one, but it's a computer screen. And I'm always afraid. What do the batteries go dead? Like you're yeah, screwed. Right. But anyway, done. yeah. And, and especially you're hunting deer in the freeze. Like we're in the North, man, it's getting cold. The batteries don't yeah. last that long. So, but that's, it's like a thousand bucks. Yeah. That ain't happening. So they had a flash sale while I was in the stand. 
on Facebook. I actually said to Scotty when we got in the truck, I just bought a site. <laughs> but it was a flash sale on Cabela's. So it's that it's an IQ, the same site I have now, but it's a five pin instead of a four pin with a built in range finder with arc. So the bottom has a level. The top right has a little digital screen, LCD screen. And then you got your pins and your 20 yard pin is what you use as the range finder. And it has a button on your grip. So you just go down, push it, whatever your 20 pin, 20 yard pin is on. That's where you're range finding. So now you oh, can really? range find on the fly. You just go dupe. Oh, he's 40 yards. Then just raise it up. So your 40 yard pins on him. Done deal. So yeah, see, that was going to be my question because, uh, you know, with my range finder having, uh, the 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 dot on it so you can actually the crosshairs you can pick pick your target i didn't really know how accurate the your in bow range finder would would be yeah. but you're telling me that if you put your 20 yard pin on you, something yep, you got her that that's what that's, it's going to be that's what ranging. you're picking up is your so you have to you have to calibrate it it comes with a laser like a red dot laser like you play with your cats on the bottom mounted and where that laser points is where the range finder is pointing. So then you got to manipulate the site so that your 20 yard pin, you get a piece of paper and you, where you put your 20 yard pin, that laser dot goes here. Then, you know, wherever your 20 yard pins pointing now, when you're at full draw, that is the range finder is where it's looking is 20 yard pin. So you so just got to make it. sure you mount the bow every time. So I figured, yeah, like a deer's big enough, right? The body of a deer's big enough. And I got my range finder for backup just so I can compare, but I, I, yeah, I, I do trust it. I, I absolutely, but it was, so it's regular, like 500 bucks. It was on sale half price. Got it for 250 bucks. Had a $50 Perfect. gift card for Cabela's from my birthday or Christmas. I forgot I had. And Bob is your uncle, man. Right away we go. So could not complain, had to get it. So have you tried it out in the stand? No. Nope. Obviously not pulled nope. on anything, but just to, no, not at all. Eh? Not at all. Not yet. Not yet. Hmm. No. I'm interested for a market test, the analysis to see if this is uh, as accurate as your rangefinder. In all honesty, is it is it something that's a gimmick or is it worth the money? Well, we will we will wait and see. If anything, I got a five pin IQ site for two hundred fifty yeah. bucks with well, pretty good resale go. value. <laughs> yeah, <but> no, <laughs> for somebody else that. to try and get the rangefinder to work. But no, I'll I'll <laughs> let you know. I'll keep you I'll keep you up to date. That's for awesome. sure. But yeah, nope, that's good. Gun's good. So, I had no problem. And you dialed anything. in there? Yep. Yeah, I'm taking, I'm actually thinking about taking both the 30 out 6 single shot and the muzzle loader north. So, Are you really? Yeah, I mean, it's the same gun frame. I, I shoot a, I think I said before, Thompson Center Encore 50 cal with the 30 out 6 barrel that you can interchange. Ah. So it, it's an awesome setup. I just, just seen one of these. They were when I was sighting in our guns. A guy had one out at the gun club. Oh, I love it. It. it I bought it uh, 2011 with my bull riding money. So it, it my serves bull special purpose. Money. Take a sip yeah. of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got my teeth in there. I'm good that. <laughs> <laughs> 2011, I was fortunate enough to, to win a bunch of money, and instead of just putting it towards bills or something, I figured, you know what? I got the saddle, I got the buckle, but this is something else that I can have as a memento to remember the year by and pass it down to the kids when that's what you told your wife. So you could be able to buy it. Wasn't it? This was the story (laughs) Candace heard so that you could buy it. I like it, Bill. That's invented. It's well done. Yeah. Yeah. Look at Candace. I got the, I got the saddle and the buckle, but they don't remind me of the championship. I need a gun. A gun would remind me of the championship. (laughs) <laughs> See, I if saved. I said that to my wife, she'd be like, 
Well, then let's sell the buckle and the saddle and go buy yourself yeah. a gun. <laughs> yeah. I saved every week. Every every time I got a paycheck for riding bulls, I put it in an envelope. I put it in an envelope. And I took my... my you didn't actually, use it to pay for your next... For I was going to say, your next entry no, they were No, my entry fees are paid. I was sponsored then, right? Well, la-dee-da. Yeah, I was able to pick up a sponsor that year, uh, Megadome. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yep. So they, they paid for my entire year for entry fees. So everything that I, I had earned uh, riding bulls, was I yours. was able to put an envelope. And at the end of it, I, I had enough money and then some to put a cash deal on the, the gun, the um, uh, the scope, the case, and, and all my setup for, for supplies and stuff. So Right on. Yeah. That's anyway, so cool. yeah, I'm going to take that up. Yeah, I like I'll, it. I'll take that. I'll take 30 out six. I'll put the 30 out six to, to use first. And if I get lucky, then I'll maybe switch frames and put the muzzle loader together. So, right. Oh, yeah. Nice looking gun. Yeah. Well, and then dad, so what's your setup? Um, uh, what's your setup? We, we uh, talked about this before, but I don't remember. Yeah. And, and I got to think I'm sure the traditions with a thumb hole stock camouflage tradition scope the whole package right just the traditions 50 caliber we shoot a 295 grain bullet we're running 100 grains of pirate x pellets yeah and dad you're running the exact same as me yep exact same everything's the same same gun same uh same bullet same that way we can interchange in the field and yada 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 and uh but you you cited yours in dad you walked out took one shot put it away went shooting trap (laughs) <laughs> Took three shots, actually. Oh, three. <laughs> so I shot the cobwebs out of it, uh, and then uh, I wanted to shoot at 50 yards, and I backed up to 100 and uh, was an inch to the right on the black center bullseye at 100 yards, and I said, okay, that's it. It's going away. I'm going trap shooting. <laughs> and to, be, to be honest, it was a long walk to the 100 yards, so I think that was that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing that once. That's it. <laughs> I, if I'm inside that red circle, it's a, I have a good day, folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'm only going to take three shots myself too. One to clean out the the cleaning stuff from last year. One at fifty, one at a hundred. What? If I'm good. Yeah, I know. Stuff. I know. Those are foreign concepts and words. Yeah, because we're blowing out the rust. I don't know what you're blowing out, like oil <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it breaks my heart, my friend. We just that. it breaks my heart. We just borrowed a gun for for Dad's buddy because he's coming. And uh, last year he shot my old Hawkins, but this year we're like, we got to get you in line. So called my father in law, went down and picked it up two nights ago, and uh, he he says you're probably going to want to run a couple swabs through it to clean out all the oil and cleaning stuff that's been sitting in there since last year. And I'm like, the what? You do what? I just pack a. <laughs> Powder down, pack a bullet in there and blow out the rust. What is this oh, oil and cleaning man. stuff? Breaks my heart. It really does. I One year I I ended up shooting um, a dole with my muzzle loader. And Died of tetanus. The, <laughs> yeah, not, not in my guns, I tell you right now. But I put the second one in. And, and I was nervous putting a second bullet, uh, bullet in without cleaning it in the field. Because of my routine is is cleaning between each and every single shot that I do. So <laughs> I didn't clean it and I put the second one in. And then do you think I could get that out? <sighs> I had to I had to put stuff in the barrel to dissolve the powder a little bit that from the first shot. Really? And ever since then. Yeah, yeah. See, it, so Scotty's it, it, got a the theory. Go. And I kind of adopted it. So his uncle told him way back in the day. When you're in between shots, when you're sighting it in and, and hunting, we don't do this. When we're hunting, you take a shot and we re- reload without cleaning, without running a patch through it, yeah. nothing. But when we're sighting it in, Scotty takes a shot, 
Then he runs one wet patch, both sides. And we got this stuff that you squirt on it, uh, made by CVA, I think, or something. But it's like a yellow stuff, dissolver, powder dissolver. But you squirt it, it, he runs the wet patch in one side, flips it over, runs the same wet patch down, takes a dry one, runs it down one, flips it over, runs it again, done. And then shoots again. So I'm like running six, seven wet patches. Like I want this thing coming out fairly, fairly gray. (laughs) <laughs> not pitch black yeah, well, every that's, time. Yeah, that's right. But he's like, nope. So this year I adopted it, only I took it one extra step because I can't, j- I got to be different. So I I did two wet patches, both sides, two dry patches and shot. And and it seemed to work pretty good. I was pretty consistent at that. It didn't take me long to get dialed right in. And again, at, at 100 yards, I was inside the 10. I mean, I was a quarter, not even a quarter inch off the bullseye. So I was a happy yeah. camper. Yeah. You, uh, if you miss one, it's you, not the gun. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So we're all ready. We're good to go. And this week we thought we'd do something completely different, not completely different, but kind of different. A little bit. So we we, we got a contest. We're going to probably do this every week. I think if, if we get enough interest and the people, the questions keeps rolling in, we got, we got enough that we can't get through them all tonight, unfortunately, but we've got some. So what we said was we got some hats. You take a pick on what hat you want if we read your question online. So we were hoping uh, on the podcast, we were hoping that generates enough thought process that, and really any question, it doesn't even have to be hunting, fishing, it'd, it'd be anything. Like how, how often do you Q-tip your ears? Well, you're not supposed to Q-tip your ears, but you get my story. So we just said, ask any question. And if we read it online, we'll put the names of the people that we've read your question online in for a hat draw and we not just this week we'll do it week after week after week so i think it's a it's a good thing we got quite a bit of response so we'll try to get through some but one so we got two two kind of questions well one main question from a, a, a listener named tim and we'll answer the second one later in the podcast because the first one was he's like here's the speed round and so i like this and i thought this is pretty good so i'm gonna put you on the spot bill are you ready yeah, I don't even, I don't know these questions at all. I don't and nor know. does dad. So I'm going to moderate. And even though dad, I don't think dad can read the computer screen this far away. So you can't read that, right, dad? No. Yeah. Oh, see, see, so I'm going to, my font's small enough by design. So I'm going to read them. I'm going to hit you first, Bill, and then I'll hit you, dad. So you will, or do you want me to do dad first and then you, Bill? I don't know. Which no, way I, do I do this? Ask me first. All Give right. your dad an extra second to think. Yeah, he's going to, he's going to get it. Okay. Are you ready, Bill? Yeah. Okay. McDonald's tea or coffee or tea? Wait, 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 wait. Let me rephrase this. I don't even have to say that. McDonald's tea no, or do. Tim you... Hortons tea? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I don't drink McDonald's tea or, or McDonald's coffee. <laughs> wait, wait. Sorry. Or Starbucks. No, McDonald's coffee. <laughs> McDonald, McDonald's no. coffee. All right. Yep, McDonald's coffee. What at a restaurant? You prefer gravy poured on your French fries or do you get gravy on the side? These questions all coming to me right now? Yeah. Yeah, on the fries, of course. Speed round. Like, time's ticking. You're taking too long. On the Sorry, fries? Buddy. See, I'm, I'm the opposite, on but we'll get fries. into that later. So, whoa, whoa. Get, get I, into you. <laughs> what? <laughs> if you put the gravy on the fries and then you get, like, a hamburger or something, what if you want to dip the burger? If you get gravy on the side, it's much more you versatile. You dip your burger vers- in your fries? It's versatile. No, no, no. I dip it in the gravy. So, like, my mother orders a hot hamburger whenever we go to a restaurant somewhere. That's one of her staples. But if you got the gravy poured on the hamburger, well, then it's harder to get the gravy on your fries. 
if you, you get that makes it a hot hamburger no and but it's if like you... having an open turkey face <laughs> a, a hot turkey face sandwich and then putting the, the gravy on it's the side and dipping your yeah, sandwich what? in the gravy it's the no, same you gotta buddy pour that over top. no it's the same because you, you dip it it's me? gravy on it and then you can still dip your fries it's like a win-win you get gravy for both Man. things it's more versatile that's what the beard's for it's <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to say my mother does not have a beer. <laughs> yeah. So, Next question. Next yeah. question. Let's go. I don't want this one. I'm going to read it fast because I don't even want to hear the answer. I might even turn off my headphones. Boxer briefs or commando when hunting? Boxers. <laughs> they hold in. They, no more they, expanding on the question. Yeah, no. They, <laughs> they hold in the poison ivy better. Okay. Yeah, sure do. When it's, doing lawn maintenance, the last step is typically cutting around the trees and gardens and such. What do you use to tool? Do you need to do this? Is it a trimmer? Is it a weed wha- weed eater? Is it a weed whacker? It's a weed whacker. Weed whacker. I think that's an Ontario yeah. thing. All right. A weed whacker. That was them. I don't know how you did. All right, Dad, are you ready? Yes. Microphone ready? Yes. McDonald's tea or coffee? Tim Hortons tea or coffee? Coffee. He doesn't care where. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when at a restaurant, do you prefer the gravy poured on your french fries or do you want the gravy on the side? Since I lost the 90 pounds, I've had to change my eating habits and I say, if I even have fries, I say no gravy. <laughs> it's a salad. No, no dress. It's a, No, no, Bill. It's a salad and no dressing because I've brought my own. Zero calorie dressing. Now, I love gravy and fries. (laughs) Don't get me wrong, but uh, if if I have fries, and I don't have them very often, because I've lost the 90 pounds, i got to keep it off, so I don't have them very often. So if I have fries, then it's no gravy. Not even on my mashed potatoes. No gravy. It's... Hmm. uh, it's vinegar for the fries. Okay, I don't even want to know the next question. And the last question, when does lawn maintenance, the last steps is typically cutting around the trees and garden and such. What do you call the tool you need to do this? Trim, trimmer, weed eater, or weed whacker? Oh, weed eater. Weed eater? Weed eater. What weed did eater. I call it as a kid? Was it weed eater? I was trying to decipher You this called myself. it not my job. That's what you called <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, now I'm getting teamed up on. I see how this is. <laughs> <laughs> good one bill yeah because really, i really you're right one. because i cut the lawn with the lawnmower well then my sister uh, you did, used seen the, the size weed of the lawn you had <laughs> you complained about cutting that that lawn no okay when i was a kid there wasn't three sheds and a and like two sheds and a cottage back there there wasn't a giant deck there wasn't it was full-on lawn that was a lot of work uh, would it take you four minutes Oh, like four songs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on, your, on your disc, man. On my Walkman. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm interested in your questions. All right. So Question that was one. from, that was the speed round from Tim. So that got Tim into the hat draw regardless, no, 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 but no, we got no, a good weren't. question later. What you want no, me to answer no, no. these? You, you need to answer these questions too. Oh, damn. okay. So Tim Horton's coffee because a, I'm Canadian, but B, it's just something about it. I even when I, when I worked in, in automotive Fortune 500 and and down in the states when I had guys come up to I'm like you got to have a Tim Hortons double double and at the the staple was when they they're like I don't do that I don't put that cream in sure I'm like trust me when they and I said it has to be a double double I don't care what you normally take you're getting a double double because that is that is it for me that's the Canadian drink Tim Hortons double double so when I did they're like oh my gosh after that. Every time we went anywhere, it's Have like, hey, can we go get a double double? Speed round. <laughs> speed round. <laughs> hey, I'm the moderator. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is my go. I'm gonna mute you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, when a restaurant do we prefer? Well, you already know my gravy thing. Always on the yeah, side. Yeah, okay. More I got a question. 
do you put cheese on it for all the uh, Canadian Americans? The poutine. Oh, if you can get a poutine, poutine. it's poutine so, over okay. anything. Here's my question. If you play, have a poutine, do you put the, the gravy on the side of that? No, you, you can't do that. Top? You need the cheese to See, melt. Well, you get, then you're you eating gonna... cheese curds and, and, and potatoes. <laughs> That's not right. No, you got to, on that. Just but just trying to figure out how offside we're good. You got to get extra gravy with some on the side. All right. Uh, boxer, breezer, commando, and hunting sacks, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm not sponsored yet, but we're working on it. A couple magazines have maybe reached out. One of them, maybe GQ, maybe a centerfold, but sacks. That's enough said. Yes, it's very expensive, but they're worth it. Carry on. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> when doing lawn maintenance, that, well, we covered that too. I, I cut the lawn. I don't even know what those things are. Not my sister, my sister, my wife. Now she has this really fancy one and I don't even know. I don't even know where it is. I just know that every now and then I, I, I can hear. Sounds like a trimmer to me. Sounds like a trimmer. <laughs> I had, so you'd have to ask her. <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue. So there. All right. All right. So that was Thanks, Tim. That was awesome. I like that. All right. Now into the meat and potato questions. So we've got. I think we got two. I think we're going to combine. We're going to save one for next week, but I think we're going to combine one. So because when I think about these, they go almost hand in hand for my story. And and so I'm moderating. So I get to choose. So we got one from the teacher's hunt on Instagram follows us on Instagram. We follow them on, on Instagram. Kind of cool. Uh, a lot of hunting picks and stuff come up, uh, folks. The teachers hunt. Follow them up on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. The Redneck Country. Actually, yeah, the Redneck Country. So anyway, uh, they asked, "What is your most embarrassing hunting story?" So then combine that with a hunter. And when I say this, the name is Hunter. That threw in there. What is your biggest hunting fail? And the last name of that was Tom. So we took that question with a grain of salt. Because yeah. his father is known as the almost guy. So right. I mean, is, that was a setup question for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what is your biggest yeah, hunting? You know. Your son is asking, what's your biggest hunting fail? Let's hear it. No, we don't have that kind of time. So yeah, yeah. we're going to have a story. <laughs> I'll give you a story, but it's going to be an So I want to combine them. What is the he's grounded? What is the most embarrassing hunting story, which I also consider one of the biggest hunting fails for me. So who wants to go first? Nobody is right, on. <laughs> Nobody's speaking. Bueller, Bueller. Yeah. yeah. All right. Hit us, Bill. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's it, it, the embarrassment hunting fail. It wasn't, I can't say it's the biggest, but it's kind of a combination of both. It was when, when I was hunting up in Minden, which I don't really talk about on the podcast or I haven't talked about a, a lot yet. And uh, there's some, some really good hunting stories up in Minden, but um, this particular hunt, it was, I think was one of the first years I, w- I was hunting and we, uh, we, we got up there. It didn't have uh, doe tags because up there we, we hunted in a group of uh, about six, six or seven guys. Uh, and it was just really, really tough back then to get, get doe tags up there. So we'd go up and, and uh, for the first year I was, I was green as green could be learning. And we hunted on, on a, a crown land and, so did other hunters. I was going to so, say lots of traffic on the crown land. Yeah. Well, we were far it's enough published. back. And it, yeah. It's, it's, it's a story for another time about, about that, but we would go, uh, two hours back into the bush. More than that. I would say with old uh, snowmobile trails and logging trails. And unless you had an ATV or a four wheel drive vehicle, there was no way you were getting back there, but we would, uh, the camp, and this was before me, uh, 
the, the owners of the camp would lease a one acre piece of property up there off the government. They built their camp and they would hunt the crown land all the way around it. So, but again, we bordered on, we kind of had uh, uh, sort of a gentleman's agreement with some other camps that were around where we wouldn't go onto their zones. They wouldn't come onto ours. We would kind of have territories and stuff. Gentleman's agreement. Yeah, it was a gentleman's agreement. Yeah. If their dogs hunting, got hunting lost. Hunting etiquette. Yeah, no, it, which is a, a good topic of conversation for another podcast. Too. You got Hunter it. etiquette. Table that one for another time. But th- this, you know, if they lost a dog, it, it would, it, we found it, we would bring the dog back to them. There was a channel on the radio every night that you'd listen to Did at you, a certain time. Would you get for, your arrow back after? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is well before I ever started bowling. But it, uh, it, it was this particular morning I was hunting on the edge of one of their blocks of bush and I could hear a dog and a dog was barking and I really, really had to go to the bathroom. And I'm thinking, I have enough time to pee. And this is, I've <laughs> never hunted to hear a dog chasing a deer before. And, and again, there's going to be somebody out there is like, ah, I know exactly what happened. Somebody's listening out there is going to be like, ah, I know exactly what happened. So <laughs> this is kind of the embarrassing part of the story is I got to pee. It's can, just can, spoiler alert. Did, did you get bit? <laughs> no, okay, not this okay, time. There okay. was no blame. All right. If you let me finish, Mr. Moderator here, I tell you. <laughs> Don, mute his mic, would you? Please? <laughs> I'll gag him. If, but, if he knew so, what all these knobs did, I would be impressed. If he knew half of what yeah. all these knobs <laughs> So I, I got to pee. So I, I'm shooting a, 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 the shotgun. So I put the shotgun down up against the tree and I can hear this dog barking and it's getting closer. I'm getting excited because it's chasing a deer. You can, you can hear a dog that's just barking for the sake of barking. And then you can hear a dog that's either on a rabbit or a deer or something coming through the bush. And, and I, I kind of had this idea that I bet that dog's on, on a deer and chasing through the bush, but I got to pee and I got time because it's far enough off. Well, that deer was so far in front of that dog that I'm in the middle of doing my business and I hear chunk, chunk, and over this log comes a deer and and you know not to be too grab my pants pants are down doing my business <laughs> and this and this deer comes bounding across right towards me it was probably 35 yards it ran past me <laughs> bound down the tr- down, down over a hill stopped turned looked at me <laughs> i don't have in my gun in my hand i'm looking and the deer kind of you know sticks his tongue out and and bounds off and i'm like are you kidding me <laughs> did it literally stick Four. its tongue out like it was smelling the it air literally, it was, yeah. literally stuck his tongue out looked back and was like what are you doing he's <laughs> standing there and, and then you know i I'm thinking, okay, maybe there's another deer. And then this dog woo, 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 comes barking, running past me. And I'm thinking that it, uh, the timing of that couldn't have been any worse for me having to go to the bathroom. <laughs> the lesson I learned is a deer runs farther in front of a dog than you think it would. And, <laughs> then, and you better then take you think it would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then I think it would. So I mean, to me, that was a fail. It wasn't the, the biggest fail of my time, but it was kind of a fail slash embarrassing story all in one. The guys had a good laugh back at the camp. 
fortunately <laughs> enough, it was a dough. We didn't have a dough tag, so I really didn't have the opportunity. To sh- I didn't. I didn't have the opportunity to shoot it, anyways. But that's kind of an embarrassing fail story all in one. So <laughs> folks, without getting too graphic, if you didn't it, throw up a little in your mouth or at least laugh, yeah. you need to rewind and re-listen to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome, Dad. You got one. Well, I got one, and it's not as funny as Bill's, but uh, <laughs> it was a heartbreaker for me, but it goes way back. It was the first deer that I ever saw and I ever had a chance or had a chance, missed a chance, to shoot at. And this goes back to even before, uh, I don't know if Todd was even born. If he was, he was just, just a little guy. But uh, Bob and I were the only two guys hunting together, and we had this good spot we hunted. So, you know, Bob's going to sit here and I'm going to sit here and we're going to like we'd hunt in the morning, then go back in the afternoon and hunt the evening. So we're hunting this evening hunt. And I said, we're just going to stand here until it gets dark. No tents, no tree stands. I mean, we're green as grass. Neither one of us had shot a, a deer yet. This was when the black powder season first came, came in. We bought black powder guns, the old muzzle loader Hawkins. And so here we are standing out. He's uh, standing up against a couple trees about 300 yards away. And I'm, standing in some sumac and i'm kind of watching down a hill and and uh, watching a field and oh we've been there maybe 35 40 minutes and i hear chunk 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 and i'm thinking what on earth is bob doing coming up to me from behind me from down the hill and bob was notorious for not being able to stay sat for very long and i thought we haven't even been here an hour yet. We've been here half an hour, maybe. And so I turned around, expected to see Bob come out of there, and it was the biggest buck I'd ever saw in my entire life. To this day, it was the biggest buck. It had a rack. I don't know how many antlers or, or tines, but it was huge. But the chonk, chonk, he was jumping, and he was jumping full tilt, and he was coming right up that hill right at me his head was back the antlers were laying down along his shoulders so they didn't get all hung up in the sumac and everything his eyes were big as saucers and he was going to run me down and i actually was getting ready to jump out of the way and i, I kind of lifted my gun and that's when he saw the movement and he swerved at the last second and actually blasted by me at two feet and i'm yeah. thinking oh my gosh cock the gun and here i am with this old hawking and I cocked the gun, and I, I put the gun up, and believe it or not, Bill, I am trying to sight this deer in the buckhorns. I am trying to get the front bead in the buckhorn, and I am trying to, to get it on this kill spot on this deer, and he is gone before I can make that connection. <laughs> he is in the corn and gone. And it turned out it was Bob that scared this deer up because about 10 minutes later, he come up the hill, he says, did you see that big buck? Uh, yeah, it almost run me down, and I didn't even get a shot. And I showed him the track where it ran right by me, and then he looked at me and he says, why didn't you just put the gun at waist level and stick it in his side and pull the trigger? Yeah. <laughs> and that's all I had to do. He was at two feet right beside that's incredible. me. incredible. About green as grass, and, and I'll never forget that. Yeah, I could have I could have just shot that deer from the hip. I didn't even have to. It was so close. Even when I took the gun up to my shoulder, he was so close. All I had to do was just just point that barrel and shoot. I mean, there he was. You couldn't for, have missed. No, you, you couldn't, couldn't have missed. missed that. That I could have no, touched that's... him with the gun barrel. I, I, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. You say that, 
but I'm not exaggerating. I thought I was going to get run over. I took two steps back and that's when, and brought the gun up to my waist. And that's when I, when he saw the movement and at the last minute had swerved his head and blasted by me at literally two feet. Like, and I showed Bob, the marks in the ground, and it was unbelievable. But yeah, I'll never forget that. But yeah, talk about a fail. And that was to this day the biggest deer I'd ever seen. To this day. <laughs> <laughs> and the funniest part of that story is Dad doing the actions and the microphone coming four feet from his face and <laughs> holding up the gun. And I'm having to. I can, Dad, <laughs> I can still see it. I'm not. I, I can still see it. I can still see that deer. The eyes, the head, the head up. The, the antlers laid back. Like. That's how they run through the bush when like, Bob scared them. And I said to Bob, well, what were you doing? He said, oh, I just got tired of sitting. After a half an hour, yeah, I did a little walk along the edge here and put them up. And he put them up right at me. That's our Bobby. Yeah. What about you, Ted? You got one? Well, and that's why, so I wanted to combine these because the most embarrassing, and I don't know if it's the most embarrassing, but just the, the we like, as we've always said, we like to keep this kind of, off the cuff. And so, yeah, we got these questions, but I didn't really want to think about them a whole lot because I just wanted to make this conversation. So the one that comes to mind for the most embarrassing is probably also my biggest fail is me and dad were turkey hunting on, and you hear us talk about the David Suzuki woods, yada, yada, yada. And, and the cut where him and Scotty stalked one to the other side of that. Well, we were sitting in this point with a maybe 15 yards tops from the point we're in to the next woods right across. Like there's just 15 yards of field. And this, this cut, this line of trees comes out and divides the two fields. And so we're sitting right in the end because the turkeys will pass and walk along this edge of these trees to get to the other woods. And, and we'll walk out into the field and right around this point all the time. So we're in this point and this is when we had massive amounts of decoys out. And we, we just come through a whole bunch of Turkey podcasts and I didn't tell this story because I thought maybe I'd never would have to <laughs> until, <laughs> and, until we get this question. So we've got, what that 18 turkey decoys oh, out yeah. there they got like six avian x we got robotic hens that rrr, rrr, 18 go turkey oh, yeah. decoys oh yeah i mean and before we had the turkey chaser i mean we we were slugging 18 turkey decoys is a is a is a haul this, was, this was an experiment todd wanted to put a flock out there sounds like goose hunting the more right you got the, the comfier they are oh, let's get them out there yeah, let's try a flock and we had everything we had we had the the ones that you pull a string and bob the heads we had them that were remote control and they yeah, went robotic up and down ones and, that look like and then feet. we had the avian x that are actually like we had them laying it laying down avian x oh, we, we had, had we had the the, uh, the stalker toms that we used to crawl behind we had everything we got them out there man yeah. we got avian x toms and jakes and hens laying down and looking like they're 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 breeding dad's got one it's like a, a giant decoy with two heads that are unspring loaded looking like a jake's on top of a hen mating and her the and heads like, bobble the heads bobble. we got another you stick in the ground you pull a string it looks like it's a wounded tom we got him out there i mean right in this cut so there's 18 so three fields can see the massive flock of decoys in this little little tiny 20 30 yard spot in between like the 15 yards between us and the other field and both sides out out spilling outside of it so i said this is going to bring them in it's going to make them feel comfy so we sat there well i'll tell you what four was it four dad toms come from our left well there was a couple hens too uh, hens on the right side of us but then there was so we had hens in the decoys but then we had four toms come out of the woods way like a thousand yards down uh, just on the edge of this other field, there's a bunch of fields that just run together. And so there they are. So we're calling a little bit and we got their attention. They're coming. 
And for a while, we're going, are they really coming? Are they not coming? Are they coming? Are they walking away? They're like, they're that far away. You can't tell which way they're moving. So they start to come. Well, me and dad both want a one, two, three. And we've been trying forever. And it just never works out. Shoot a lot of turkeys. Don't shoot them together. So here's our chance. So they start to come. Well, they didn't like something. Or there was something weird. They started to fade off to the side. And so dad was on my left and he couldn't really see them because they're behind a tree and they're hanging out in the field. And the lead bird was a really, really big Tom, wasn't it, dad? Yeah. Like, like they fit, like the field went off on an angle. It was, on, it came to a point. So it came off on an angle to my left and they, when they, they weren't close enough where we could get the double yet, or we could both see them, but they went down along the edge and it went right out of my sight. But then they came back up that side. The only trouble was when they came up there, there was a great big tree to my left. I mean, this thing was four foot in diameter. And they, where I was looking over the flock was clear. But where they, that, that bunch came out back into sight, they were behind that tree. So and we, I couldn't see them. We had to make a decision. Are they going to keep coming and walk up that edge? Are they going to cut through the bush behind us, through the point behind us? And then we're not going to get a shot. So... What do we what do we do? Like, did they get close enough to try to call the rest in? Are they intimidated by the flock? This is an experiment. We have no freaking clue. So dad makes the call. You got to take the shot. If you could see him, you got to take the shot. You got to take the shot. I'm like, man, I want to wait. But all right, they're not getting any closer. So I line up on the lead, Tom. And I mean, this guy's a giant. He's a butterball out there. Beard dragon. I'm thinking, you're done. I pull the trigger and it still stands there staring at me. And the turkey behind it starts doing the funky chicken. And dad looks at me and goes, why the heck did you shoot the Jake? (laughs) (laughs) What did you do? I didn't do it on purpose. I was shooting that. I shot clean over the Tom I was aiming at and smashed a Jake behind it. It just happened to be in line with the Tom and smoked that Jake. That was, I bet you he was 20 yards behind that Tom too. He he? was, yeah. He was a long ways back there. And he starts to, I'm thinking, Hey, I'm kind of proud that that's a long shot, but B, it was a Jake. And so they run away (laughs) and let's go get your Jake. And I'm taking pictures going, how do I make this thing look bigger? Like this isn't a fish where I can like (laughs) put my arm out there. And so, so that's probably, it comes to mind. One of my most, and right then, ladies and gentlemen, we're all about learning and building community. When you shoot at a Turkey and I knew this and I don't know what I did, but always take your time and aim where the neck meets the body. You get all these freaking turkey, uh, what do you call them, targets, and they're just the head, and you take the shot, like, oh, yeah, see how all the pellets in the neck and the head? Yeah, don't ever aim at the neck and the head. Aim where that neck meets the body, and you're going to kill it every time. You will not miss. You got a little more forgiveness at that, but you aim at that skinny little stinking head sticking up there, you're going to shoot clean over them. I know so many people, I guarantee you that's the number one. I will go on record to say, I guarantee you that's the number one thing. When you miss a turkey, it's because you shot over top of it. My son-in-law, yeah. he, we were, Todd and I were sitting together in one of the first places we ever went. My son-in-law said, okay, I'm going to cross the field. I'm going around that point, and I'm going to sit over there because he says, that's where they come out, and I'm going to shoot a turkey. Okay, so we're sitting there. We're about an hour and a half into the hunt, and we hear kablam. And we got radios. We we didn't have phones at that time. It was, this was quite a while ago. We had uh, radios that we talked to, talked to each other to. And so nothing come over the radio, nothing come over the radio. And we don't like to usually talk on the radio when we hear somebody shoot. We let them talk in case, you know, like you got, you might have a chance to reload for something else. But 
okay, finally, okay, what happened? So we're calling Rick. We're, you know, we're calling him on the radio. No Rick, no Rick. He doesn't answer. Okay, what happened to Rick? Okay, now I'm getting nervous. Let's go find him. We walk yeah, across Now you're the thinking field. some hunter snuck up on him and shot him. <laughs> so, so now we cross the field. We're still calling. Hey, Rick, can you hear us? Can you hear us, Rick? We go around the corner. Can you hear us, Rick? We walk down the edge. We're following his boot points. It was muddy. We're following his boot prints. Rick, Rick, can you hear us? Are you here over here somewhere? We find where he went in the woods. We walk into the woods, following his tracks up through the woods, like in the muck. And here he is sitting in the chair. Rick, is your phone dead or something? No. I'm stinking mad, and I couldn't talk to you. Well, we thought you were dead for Pete's sake. You should have let us know. He says, I had the biggest time of my life at 10 yards, and I shot right over his head. And he was so mad he wouldn't even answer us on the radio. I said, well, I'll miss any time you want, but don't fail to talk to us over the radio. He had me scared to yeah. death. But, yeah, he went right over his head. Yep. Well, public service announcements, and uh, I guess that's what we're here for. Like you said, learning opportunities. You got her. You got her. All right. Good stories. I like that. Yeah. I like hearing when Todd, you know, does stuff like that. <laughs> Makes me feel human, you know? You almost care. <laughs> when Todd, oh. <laughs> when Todd does stuff like that. Good grief. Uh, all right. We are, we man, we are long-winded because we have another question, but I don't know if we got, we got to read Tim's second question. So I think yeah, we're going to hold this other better, one yeah, till, till so next week. And, and I, I don't want to spoil who it is. We'll, we'll build up maybe some anticipation, but it, it did come to us from Instagram. And this person does follow us and comment on Facebook and Instagram quite a lot. It's a super person. So we'll have to hold that one till next week, but I do have it queued up. It's just, we're, we're, we're hitting there on the time limit. And we got it. We started with Tim's and, and I said, we'd close out with Tim's. Yep. So let's go. And I think we're going to shift. Cause I did read this ahead of time and it is my actual question. So this is Tim that just brought us the speed rim. He says, I started shooting trap trap shooting a few years ago. I'm struggling to be consistent which is everybody on the planet. Below are a couple questions that I wouldn't mind everyone's opinion on. Everyone, so I will answer for us all. The um, <laughs> So he says, A, where should I hold the gun before I call pull? So I'm going to take these. There's, there's some parts to this, but I'm going to dissect. And then you, you and Dad, you and Bill, I know, I, I know both of your shooting styles. I know where you're going to go. But I'll, I'll give my two cents first. So where should I hold the gun before I yell pull on a trap house? To me. This is quintessential before if you're at a competition, I mean, when you're at your home club and you're practicing, then it's not as because you're just going to develop and know. But when you go to somewhere or even if it's a competition at your home club and now the targets have actually been set for ATA regulation with the gun, with the stake, the whole nine yards, they could be a little different than practice if there's not a whole lot of time put into the practice way. So for these... What I, what I always say is I got it. The number one thing is to look at those targets and figure out and vision before you go to the line where you should hold that gun. And I think that's the key because if the, if the targets are high, you can get away with what I call cheating a little bit and hold a little higher because they're going to become, if they're, if they're set a little high, they're going to come out of the house faster. What would appear faster than if they're not as high, because they're going to climb really, really much quicker and slow down quicker. So I will cheat and hold a little bit higher of a gun. Now, what does that mean? But Or if they're low, which I prefer lower targets, because I shoot a fairly high gun, which also is going to make a difference. So I shoot around 13 inches or so at 30 yards. That's my pattern starts 
If I aim at a dot at 30 yards, my pattern starts 13 inches up. That's not the center of my pattern. That's where it starts. So I hold, typically, I hold a lower gun. I love to be able to hold right on the trap house so I can pick that target up. And if they're low targets, I will hold right on the trap house. And for me, it feels like I've got to wait for that target to get high enough for me to shoot it. And some people go like, wow, Todd, like you're shooting pretty quick. I don't think about that. Speed is a byproduct. I think of shoot when I know my sight picture, shoot when I know where that target's got to be. And for me, it's taken forever for that target to get high enough for me to shoot it. So if the targets are a little bit higher, I can hold, I'll typically hold two and a half inches over the house. So, but it all depends because different clubs have different backgrounds and it's, it's different everywhere. The club we shoot at now uh, for practice is it drops off behind the clubhouse. So the targets are normal, but it's so deceiving. And I get there and I think, oh, I can hold on the, on the, on the house because the way that that drops, it looks like the targets aren't as high, but they are, they're higher. So I could technically, I should hold a bit higher because again, all of this is a, it's a bigger question that rolls in with sight picture and it rolls in with how fast do you shoot and how high your gun shoots. And so you've got to do it enough to develop it for you. But I typically will tell somebody to start about two inches above the, the lip of the house and go from there. Bill, dad. Yeah, I got, I got some, some to add to that. And Don, if you, you want to go first on this one, it doesn't matter. I can, I hold a little higher gun. You shoot a flatter gun and you I shoot a little slower. I don't see them as quickly and I've got to have a good look at that target. So I hold a, a higher gun and use my peripheral peripheral version to watch wherever <laughs> peripheral comes, whatever vision that comes out of the trap house so i get the angle and then i move the gun and that gives me a chance to get ahead of the target by the time it's up and shootable so i hold a little higher gun and uh I, the question here too he he adds i running forward and read it no we're not going there yet oh, okay we're not going there yet but anyway uh yeah i hold a little higher gun and i like high targets like i like when you go to a club and they've got their target set real high, because I can hold a really high gun then, and then lots of time to get the angle and just move over and shoot it as it comes up into my, into my sight picture. So I, I hold a higher gun. You're like four inches over the house, four and a half. Oh no. I'm at a, 16 yards. At 16 yards, I'm a couple feet over the house. Sometimes. You're that high? Oh, sometimes. Holy. Now, now where we shoot now, because those targets, those guys don't like high targets. They, they typically shoot flat targets. And my gun shoots 80-20. I've still got 20% of pattern below the... the, the and a full choke, yeah. so he lets them and go. A full choke. <laughs> and so, uh, and, and I like my bead to be right on them. I shoot a light mod. So, so yeah. Bill? So, I'm going to answer this question in two parts. Because I think what we didn't mention is the holds per station. And I and and I can I can hear the cadence of the question. Or the, or the, uh, You're thinking what, what we're left or to, right of the house? Well, it, well, yeah. The only reason why I say this is because I asked the same type of question when I started in trying to get consistency at shooting. And one of the biggest things I picked up from from the trap clinics that, that you guys put on uh, when I was first getting into it and, and uh, was the holds on the house and the where, where my eyes would go to start. So I, is that part of the second part of the question or can I answer that, that question? Yeah. So the next part, which I cut down <laughs> no, off not, on. This is not, this is not say picture. This is not. This no, is not, no, it's not. It's do you recommend people have different holds for each station? Okay. All right. So, so the first, yeah. I, okay. Being a left-handed shooter, 
the holes per station, I can answer that one to, to start to start off with to, to tie this one in together. Then Todd, if you wanted to go, but my holes per station and height, my height is pretty much the same as Todd. I am not good enough yet to recognize right off the hop what a high target is and a low target is. I still struggle with that. You don't think so, eh? Really? Yeah. I, I, I openly, I, I admit that I like after the first couple lower. shots. Do you know? Oh, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good after the after first, the first couple, couple you realize real quick, whoa, okay, I can hold a little higher. Yeah, or, no, sure. I so, should hold a little lower. I get caught yeah. creeping. I'll I'll, but, I'll start going up, going up, and then I'll get one target that's a little flatter and get burned and be like, ah, I got caught cheating. Yeah. I always start low, though, but I always start with, with just maybe two inches above the house, and then my holds per station are obviously going to be different depending on what station I'm on. And as a left-handed shooter, I might be able to help answer that question a little better, so... Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I picked up. So on station one, again, I, I start off with about two inches above the house, and I'm out to the, the left of the house uh, by a good foot. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, And some people will frown on that, right? But I want to be able to – my nemesis is a hard left, hard – well, it used to be hard left, hard right because I felt, feel like I got to really swing that gun on one and five. Yeah. So on one and five – I'm a good, I bet you I'm two feet off the corner of that house out to the left of it. And I'm lower. I don't hold a high gun because I shoot so high and I want to still be moving my gun upwards. When a hard left comes, it doesn't have the height like a straightaway has. So I will swing on the same angle. I normally go left at and I'll swing right over top of it. So I'll start low and like almost in on par with that corner of that house out on one on, if I'm on station one on the left side and I'm about two feet out. And therefore, when that target comes out left, it's there for the take. And I just swing. Yep. Just It's just the it. easy. And then the hard swing is the, the straightaway is then your hard right from station one pretty much. And so then it's not that hard to come over to move right for that. Now, I'm a right-handed shooter. You're left-handed. So, And this, yep. this person, as we get on, you'll find out he's left-handed. So you could probably add that in as you go. But, but yeah, yep. so... And then- the second second station, I'm right on the corner of the house. That's me maybe too. A little, maybe a little bit in. Uh, if I'm looking at my, see, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at my uh, uh, wall hang wall chart. The wall chart, <laughs> yeah. Wall chart now, and, and I'm picturing uh, as I get closer to the middle, the closer to the middle of the the house house I get. And I always in the center station, I hold uh, a little bit to the right. But my eyes are the biggest thing that I picked up as as that, and I learned from you and your dad and Terry. Eyes first. It's part of my cadence and oh. rhythm. When I when I get set up, it's no matter where my hold is, my eyes always start over. The I believe of the in every clay target game. That's number got to be one of the number one things is your eyes. Eyes. It yep. does it. That's that's it. If you move the gun before your eyes see that target, you're beat. Yeah, Why are you moving the gun? And guys will get mad at me when we push the button. I did that to a gentleman last year. We were out at the club and just for practice night. And really I shouldn't have, but it was driving me nuts. This, this, this person, he, he comes out and a great guy, camaraderie, have fun, but he's never really improved. And he's dad's age, never really improved a, a whole lot. Doesn't do the competitions and he's there for fun. And I get that. But I thought, man, I can fix this. I could get this guy rolling. And like he, he, I know what he's doing. So I turned the mics off. I was watching everybody shoot. I, I went out and I grabbed the controller and I turned off the mics and had the button. And nobody knew that because I got the button, right? They think if I'm on the button when they yell pull, just like the mics, it throws a target. And so he put the gun up and he yelled pull and I didn't push the button. And he moved four feet, four feet to the right. And I said, hey, 
what are you, what are you swinging at? And he looked at me confused, right? And I said, hey, you moved that gun four feet. There wasn't even a target that come out. I turned off the mics. Well, then he got mad at me because he thought <laughs> I was playing a prank. And really, I was trying to show him. He's trying to, trying to every help time. fix a little bit of before he, Yeah, before he time, even right? yells pull. At the same time he's yelling pull, he's moving the gun. Well, if you're yeah. moving four feet right and that target comes out left, when are you shooting that thing? When it's on the ground? Because that's how long it's going to take you to get back to it. And so, and you I, know what? We've, we've all done it. We've anticipated. Absolutely. Targets, Cause that's the number one thing. Do not move that gun until you see the target. And, no, and that, that's do it. what I, what I picked up is that no matter where your hold is, I bring my eyes back to the center of the house as part of my cadence rhythm that says eyes first pull. And then, then when the target comes out, I'm matching my eyes to the target. And when it, it gets into my sight picture, which I can't really explain too well, uh, it, that's when, when I know to pull the trigger and, and I'm in front of it and I'm swinging through it and I'm good to go. But the holds per station are, are further out on station one and, and station five. And as I get closer to the middle and I'm about two inches above the house, but my eyes are centered soft focus, which is another topic over the center oh, of the house. Yeah. Then you're getting into so, crazy advanced stuff. No, yeah. Terry no, on. Didn't want to get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but there you go. So that, that's my, my answer. And I'm the question. same as you guys, two feet on the left, two feet on the right corner. Of Do the you really? House. I didn't think you were. I thought oh, yeah. you were the corner of the house for one and five. Oh, no, no. Two, two feet out both sides, both one and five. And then on the corner on for the two, corner and four, two and four, and, and right down the middle for, for three, yeah. except I hold a higher gun because I want to see that target and, and see the trajectory. Because I find that when you get the hard right, that gives you that two feet out that you're able to catch it, swing by it and, and get it. But if you get it going left or a straightaway, it, it's easy to come back and shoot it. And it's still a right-hand target. It's just not as extreme. So anyway, a higher gun allows me lots of time that, that I see it coming. And now by the time it's up to where I'm holding, because I'm holding a higher gun, I just match a speed swing by it and pull the trigger because I'm already out there. And I, yes. I, I don't have any trouble with one and five. So, okay. Yeah. So the next part, so that was, so, so we covered where to hold the gun before a yells pull. And I think that I went with height on that one. The next one was, do you recommend different holds for each station? Covered that. The next one is you, a combination of you and a combination of me, Bill. I'm a one-eyed left-handed shooter. So I'm a one-eyed right-handed and you're a two-eyed left-handed. I'm a two-eyed left-handed. Yep. So the one-eyed thing for me, high rib gun. So I don't want that barrel block. And really it's, that's not the end of the world, but a lower, you're gonna, you're gonna want to hold a lower gun than most. And I think that's why I got shooting a higher gun. I got shooting much better with a higher gun and shoot it for everything. I mean, I shoot at sporting clays and skeet and the whole nine yards, a higher gun, because I can wait, I can hold my gun low and I have to, I'm shooting so high I have to wait for that target to clear my barrel and keep going. And my barrel doesn't block it. So shooting a high gun allows me to wait before I start to move my eyes to pick it up, my one eye to pick it up. And I, therefore, cause I don't have my second eye to see it with my peripheral vision coming below my barrel. I'm able to pick that target up, holding a low gun, move to it and pull the trigger. So me shooting a much higher gun, I believe is really the catalyst that helps a one-eyed shooter. When you say higher gun, you don't mean you're holding your gun high. No, no, I'm you shooting a higher gun. I shoot, shoot a 13 a, inch high yeah. at 30 yards. Yeah, don't, I yeah. hold a low gun. That's what I'm saying. One-eyed. I hold a low gun 
So I'm like dad said, he's four feet over the house, which is absolutely insane. But I'm, I'm, I'm like, I don't know, two and a half, three inches over the house. I can cheat a little bit if they're higher targets, like I said, because they're going to climb higher quicker and therefore all their energy spent going up. So I can hold a little bit higher and get cheating, but don't get caught cheating because you're a one-eyed shooter. You get one that doesn't come up like all the rest or the wind just blows one down. You won't shoot. You're not going to see it in time. You're going to see the income to come down to it. And that's bad. So I do hold a lower gun, about two and a half inches over the lip, usually on average at my home club in St. Thomas, where I normally that's where I'll hold and uh, do quite well there with it. And then I will wait for that target to clear up and go. And guys will say, wow, you're shooting really quick, but I don't think about that. It's only, I feel like I got to wait. I'm waiting forever because I'm shooting. So I got to wait for that target to get out and get to my sight picture, which is where we're going next. But now the left-handed thing, does that matter a whole lot on the one-eyed left hand? I don't believe left-handed right-handed would really make a difference. It's just going to be your hold points are the opposite of mine. I th- yeah, right? the hold As points you- are opposite to, you, to yours. And I'm shooting like a, a 110% high on, on my pattern anyways, which is about what we, we thought about 13 inches high is yours. And you're about a hundred and what, what do you, how, in percentage, what would you say? You're, oh, you are? Oh gosh. I don't even know. I don't, I don't want to go cry. 130, 105. I don't know. Yeah. It'd be tough. Uh, d- I, I, I quit doing mine. it that way because it was easier yeah. to just go 30 yards, point at that circle, boom, there's my pattern and, I, and measure 13 inches high at 30 yards. Okay, great. Yeah, left and, and hand. I, and I have. Go, go ahead, Dan. I was going to say left and hand, left and right hand, it doesn't make any difference. You've got the same sight pictures, they're just reversed. You reverse the number one and the number five, you reverse. Yeah, the it's just you're swinging four. left or right. You just yeah. got it's, the gun on one yeah. shoulder or you got the gun on the other shoulder. Yeah. So you're getting the same sight picture just reversed on which side your gun is at which station. It's the it's the one eye that makes the difference. Yeah. Yep. Did you cover what you needed to bill? No, that's good. Yeah, I was just gonna say I shoot about 110% high. I don't remember what it what it was in inches, but um I, I always have had fairly good luck with with those holes that we just talked about there and and again it's just i, I don't shoot enough to to get the consistency i like think i, I, I think should, that's but. where this is going right because then lastly yeah. he and he says lastly is there a way to learn the sight picture of targets well at home and what are some ah. good home practice drills so to speak to that is no i i, I don't i don't believe so because we're going to talk sight picture now right so to me if you know your sight picture you can practice at home Absolutely. And we'll get into that. But if you don't know your sight picture, you're almost wasting your time. It's okay because you're going to build muscle memory and you're going to keep your swing smooth and mount your gun the same. So that all that's good. But as far as sight picture and knowing where your gun shoots, you just got to shoot and know. Like for me, and that's why I found shooting this gun and I used to switch, go go down to skeet. And then I take a different gun when I go sporting clays that shoots like only 60, 40, right? Like it's barely high at all. And what I found was I use my trap gun now for everything and like go down to ski doing the, the championship there high overall using the same gun did not switch when I went down to ski and guys will say, wait, well, I, I got to switch. I shoot high. Yeah. I'm shooting 13 inches at 30 yards. That's yeah. pretty freaking high, but I know so, where that gun shoots. I have that. It's, I don't think, and I think that's the number one thing when you say, I learn the sight pictures. You just have to shoot enough targets 
So it's second nature. You know where the target needs to be in relation to your bead when you pull the trigger. And that bead, yeah. not physically Absolutely. looking at that bead. I don't even look at my beads. I just know where that target's got to be. It's like, I, you don't think about it. I can't even tell you right now how high that target floats no. over my bead. I try just to explain know. that you can't. It, it, and, it, I, and I can it's just relate shooting this enough. to... To to two two different stories of, of Thanksgiving weekend when we were up there shooting trap. I really wanted to grab my my 870 my my duck hunting gun because I don't shoot it enough compared to how much I shoot my trap gun. And I was thinking I'm going to do more field hunting than I am trap shooting over the next little while. I want to develop that target picture. But at the same time, my my wife had her trap gun up there, which is a much different setup than mine. And I took a shot with it, and I knew right away, oh, this target picture that I've developed for my over and my over and under that I shoot uh, uh, trap with is different than hers, but it was through the experience of knowing where you're shooting to adjust that target picture to the gun that you're shooting to develop the newer site picture to break those targets. And then after I developed the new site picture for her gun and her setup, then it was break targets, break targets, break yep. targets. Yep. And then, then that was the same thing I wanted to develop with the, the uh, 870 with either the duck loads or goose loads, whatever I was trying, I was just shooting trap. I, I wasn't shooting birds or nothing, but I wanted to mount the gun and figure out where that was shooting so that when I pick it up, it becomes instinct, muscle memory. Don't think about it. Get, you know, do everything like you've practiced and you break targets. So like that wall chart, or the, the wall chart I bought to just reiterate your point about wasting your time. I, I, we talk about it. You, you, you poke fun at me uh, during the first uh, bunch of podcasts, sir, because in the winter time, what? would I do that? <laughs> yeah, no, not you. But you in spilled the tea time, on it, didn't you, Bill? <laughs> what's that? You spilled tea you know, on it. Spilled tea on your <laughs> chart. Tea. No, Targets are all running together now. Yeah. So the wall chart, I put it up, and I was sitting up in my sunroom in the middle of winter time, and I would do, you know, half an hour a night practice leading up to what I was hoping to be a non-COVID yeah. year. You were and, like, and this year, I'm, yeah, I'm cracking the ATA this year. We're doing <laughs> her. And then COVID said, no, you're not. Yeah. And it wasn't for lack of wants, believe me. But I, I practiced on that wall chart. I would say religiously three, four nights a week. And I thought the first time I hit the trap line after the, the winter time, I was going to break 25s and not, not look back. I think I broke a 16 because I didn't have the right target picture that I was practicing. The muscle memory was there. Don't get me wrong. The cadence of the, yeah, everything. Your swing that, was the smooth. Routine, yeah. The string swing was smooth. Everything was there, but the target picture I was practicing with because I didn't have enough of that target picture ingrained in my mind. Didn't translate to the dry land drills the way I thought it was going to. <laughs> like that's the, the, the cowboy in the dry land drills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dry land yeah. yeah, the yeah, no, 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 and so honestly, anybody that's going to start winning a lot and get really good is just because they shot a lot. You can, you need to develop all of that stuff and get it, but that sight picture has got to be developed by knowing where your gun shoots, but cognizant, cognizantly practicing, not flippantly practicing. So really focus, really like to me when I focus. 
Like I'm, I'm there. I'm going to win. I, that's when you shoot your best, right? Like there's no ifs, ands or buts, but it's the thoughtful. And I can't, I, when I go practice, I want to have fun. I'm screwing around. I rarely focus like I should. And I always say that, don't I dad? I want to bet. I want to put some money on this freaking thing. Let's, let's make a competition out of this so I can actually practice what I need to practice because I'll even go in with the mindset. Okay. This time I'm going to focus. And after 10 minutes, I'm or after 10 targets, I'm screwed around and laughing and joking and Hey, watch how fast I hit this one and, and stuff like that. And, and I'm not, it's not the same as competition, Todd. And so that's the other kicker is you gotta, you gotta practice and develop that sight picture as if every target matters. And, but it's just shooting. And now when I go sporting clays, I hit targets with my trap gun, no different than trap shooting. When I go skeet, no different. When I go five stand, I use my trap gun. And five stand, they said to me, oh, you're using a trap gun? You'll be lucky if you hit 12. I hit 24 out of 25, my friend. And I'm not, I, I mean, I'm bragging, but I'm not bragging to, to get accolades. I can do that in other ways. But just saying, because I know where that gun shoots. So I was able to hit 24 out of 25, my first time doing five stand with my trap gun that's shooting 13 inches high, but I didn't think about it. it. It's just sight pictures there because I've shot that gun so much. And if you haven't shot your gun a lot and enough, don't stop. It's going to come and it will be, and it will feel like forever, but then there'll just be a, a switch. That'll just be second nature. That it's just, you don't think about it anymore. Targets there, pull the trigger. And you'll realize when you do think about it and you over concentrate, that's when you miss. Yeah. because now you're really trying to go, okay, where does that target need to be in relation to my barrel? No, it can't be. It's gotta be, there's the target, see the target. I shot the target and you're, yeah, it was told to me by a longtime shooter that you, you don't realize it, but your eye goes back and forth from that bead to that target, something like 300 times before you pull the trigger subconsciously. And you're the thing is don't look at that bead. You just need to know your gun shoots where your eyes are looking. You mount the gun the same every time. It's the same sight picture every time. So you know the timing, your rhythm, where to break that target. That just comes. But really, he says, it's all because of that front bead. He says, you just, it's subconscious. You can't think about it. And you can't. You can't be looking at that front bead. Like Terry says, the soft focus, right? You want to be looking 20 yards past that tar- that trap house because that's where you'll break the target. And your eyes need to be way out there. And for me, I guess I do that. I don't realize I do that because I'm looking yeah, for the target. Right? So it's the, and that will screw me up if I consciously think soft focus, look way past there. No, but I think I do it. I just don't realize it all because no, I just know uh, there's the target. I swing, I pull the trigger at this time. And then it just don't move my gun or nothing. And now if I move my gun, I even said to you guys, right? I ran the hundred straight at the, I don't know, one of us. Okay. I'm not moving my gun again. And then three weeks later, I'm moving my gun. I'm, I'm adjusting yeah. my comb, shooting higher. And then I'm like, why did I do that? I go back, I run a hundred. Like, oh, I, I just, when I, I just won the club championship high overall, I had just moved my gun back to where I had it when I ran my hundred straights. Stop from, touching Right, it. right. So I, again, guys, don't let me raise my comb, but it's just so easy. It's two freaking screws. <laughs> so <laughs> but I went to 15, 16 inches high, right? But but yeah, so hopefully we and now he says YouTube, watch it shot cam footage. What are your thoughts on this? I want a shot cam. I don't have one. I don't know how I, I imagine it would be cool to know where I shoot. I just want one to watch targets break off the end of my barrel. Yeah. I don't know about a training thing and, and that's a lot of money when really put the money into shells would be much more that's beneficial. 
right? I think so too. Shoot eight flats, nine, ten flats of shells for the price of that. Ten flats of shells, oh, man. You're gonna develop so some far ahead. You're gonna develop some yeah. sight picture. So that's right. But yeah, hey, I just wanted to say for the record, it was I, what podcast are we on now? Uh, forty-four. And you've run a perfect record of. I'm not trying to be cocky, but. <laughs> all right well ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening to podcast 44 this podcast has been brought to you by the word cadence and i'm not trying to be cocky but <laughs> yeah but thanks for everybody for their questions keep them coming because we're going to keep doing this if we get enough questions we're going to read them and if we read your question on the podcast we're putting your name in for that podcast to, to have a hat drawn so one of these how many, how many we get questions from? Holy cow. We, we, got, uh, we got so many questions, but we just read one, two, three. Three people are in for the draw. Yes. Teacher's Hunt, uh, a hunter, but we might disqualify him because- Yeah, we're going to disqualify him. So really, it's between Tim and the Teacher's Hunt on Instagram. Follow, follow the Teacher's Hunt on Instagram, by the way, too. So anywho, yeah, rock and roll. Yeah, that's awesome. Good job. Hey, and uh, you guys, best of luck for- You uh, as for well. Week. You as well, Bill. Absolutely. We're going to- we're going to be in touch for sure. I don't know uh, how we're going to do, but I'm confident that there's going to be some big animals or animals or uh, points dropped. Yeah, there's going to sure, be right? points. There's going to be brown. There's brown fur is going to be flying. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Good luck, man. Say hi to all, all your family. Good luck to them all. Jay, if you're listening, good luck. Go shoot that 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. And that'll do it for this week, folks, for the Redneck Country Podcast. I'm Bill, the Almost Guy Tom. And I'm Todd. And thanks for listening. And folks, if you want to be part of the podcast or you want to give us some feedback or really contact us about anything, feel free to email us at podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Again, that's podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again next week. <laughs> <laughs>